0: chapter 33 he slowed to a walk as far as he could tell nobody was chasing him he could hear voices coming from back er, from back by the truck but couldn't make out the words occasionally he'd hear the revving of the engine but the truck wasn't going anywhere anytime soon he headed in what he thought was the direction of the big thumb he couldn't see it through the haze walking helped calm him down and allowed him to think clearly he doubted he could make it to the big thumb with no water in his canteen he didn't want to risk his life on the hope that he'd find refuge there He'd have to return to camp, he knew that, but he was in no hurry. It would be better to return later after everyone had a chance to calm down. And as long as he'd come this far, he might as well look for Zero. He decided he would walk as long as he could until he was too weak to go any further. Then he'd turn around and go back. He smiled as he realized that wouldn't quite work. He would only go halfway, halfway as far as he thought he could go, so that he'd still have the strength to return. Then he'd have to make a deal with the warden, tell her where he found Kate Barlow's lipstick tube, and beg for mercy. He was surprised by how far out the holes extended. He couldn't even see the camp compound any more, but he still kept passing holes. Just when he thought he'd passed the last one, he'd come across another cluster of them a little farther away. Back at the campground, or compound, they had dug in a symmetrical order, row upon row, allowing for space for the water truck. But out here, there was no system. It was as if every once in a while, in a fit of frustration, the warden would just pick a spot at random and say, what the hell, dig here. It was like trying to guess the winning lottery numbers, the winning numbers in a lottery. Stanley found himself looking down into each hole he passed. He didn't admit to himself what he was looking for. After more than an hour had gone by, he thought he had surely seen the last hole, but then off to the left, he saw another cluster of them. He didn't actually see the holes. He saw the mounds of the dirt that surrounded them. He stepped over the mounds and looked into the first hole. His heart stopped. Down at the bottom was a family of yellow-spotted lizards, their large red eyes looking up at him. He leaped back over the mound and ran. He didn't know if they were chasing him, well, if he, they were chasing him, but he thought he might have seen one leap out of the hole. He ran until he couldn't run any farther, then collapsed. Then he'd come after. Then, or they hadn't come after him. He sat there a while and caught his breath. As he got back to his feet, he noticed something on the ground, maybe 50 50 yards away. It didn't look like much, maybe just a big rock, but in a land of nothingness, any little thing seemed unusual. He walked slowly toward it. The encounter with the lizards had made him very cautious. It turned out to be an empty sack of sunflower seeds. He wondered if if it were the same one Magnet had stolen from Mr. Sir, although that didn't seem likely. He turned it inside out and found one seed stuck to the burlap. Lunch. Chapter 34. The sun was almost directly overhead. He figured he could walk for no more than another hour, maybe two, before he had to turn back. It seemed pointless. He could see there was nothing ahead of him. Nothing but emptiness. He was hot, tired, hungry, and most of all, thirsty. Maybe he should just turn around now. Maybe he'd already gone halfway and didn't know it. Then, looking around, he saw a pool of waterless er, water less than a hundred yards away from where he was standing. He closed his eyes and opened them to make sure he wasn't imagining it. The pool was there. He hurried toward it. The pool hurried away from him, moving as he moved, stopping when he stopped. There wasn't any water. It was a mirage caused by the shimmering waves of heat rising off the dry ground. He kept walking. He still carried the empty sack of sunflower seeds. He didn't know if he might find something to put in it. After a while, he thought he could make out the shape of the mountains through the haze. At first, he wasn't sure if it was another kind of a mirage, but the further he walked, the clearer they came into view. Almost straight ahead of him, he could see what looked like a fist with its thumb sticking up. He didn't know how far away it was. Five miles? Fifty miles? One thing was certain, it was more than halfway. He kept walking toward it, although he didn't know why. He knew he'd have to turn around before he got there, but every time he looked at it, it seemed to encourage him, giving him the thumbs-up sign. As he continued walking, he became aware of a large object on the lake. He couldn't tell what it was, or even if it was natural or man-made. It looked a little like a fallen tree, although it didn't seem likely that a tree would grow here. More likely, it was a ridge of dirt rocks. Dirt or rocks. The object, whatever it was, was not on the way to Big Thumb, but off to the right. He tried to decide whether to go to it or continue toward Big Thumb, or maybe just turn around. There was no point in heading toward Big Thumb, he decided. He would never make it. For all he knew, it was like chasing the moon. But he could make it to the mysterious object. He changed directions. He doubted it was anything, but the fact was that there was something in the middle of all this nothingness that made it hard for him to pass up. He decided to make the object his halfway point, and he hoped he hadn't already gone too far. He laughed at himself when he saw what it was it was a boat or part of a boat anyway it stuck him as funny to see a boat in the middle of this dry and barren wasteland but after all he realized this was once a lake the boat lay upside down half buried in the dirt someone may have drowned here he thought grimly at the same spot where he could have well or where he could very well die of thirst the name of the boat had been painted on the back the upside down red letters were peeled and faded But Stanley could still read the name, Mary Lou. On one side of the boat, there was a pile of dirt, then a tunnel leading down below the boat. The tunnel looked big enough for a good-sized animal to crawl crawl through. He heard a noise. Something stirred under the boat. Hey, Stanley shouted, hoping to scare it back inside. His mouth was very dry, and it was hard to shout very loudly. Hey, the thing answered weakly. Then a dark hand in an orange sleeve reached up out of the tunnel.